Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. When Beck Connolly became a mum after a difficult fertility journey, she knew she didn't want to return to full-time work. A qualified skin therapist, Beck set up a therapy room in her home in Geelong in 2015. However, it wasn't long before the self-confessed skin nerd was taking the next steps and formulating products of her own. It was a long process of finding a small batch manufacturer and Beck was told countless times that she was just a mum with a hobby. But she persisted and launched her very own skincare range, Botanicals by Lux, in 2018. Beck shares with us the why behind her business, the manufacturing process, creating an Instagrammable brand, engaging influencers and ambassadors, her experience with anxiety and the importance of self-care. We also speak about miscarriage, and for some, this may be difficult to listen to. If so, you might want to skip this episode or move through it mindfully. And now, let me introduce you to my friend Beck from Botanicals by Lux. Hello, Beck, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It has been so long in the making, I feel, having you uh, on a podcast or some way involved with Oak. Yes, I know. We've been talking for a long time, haven't we? I just have been following your journey and, and loving what you're doing. And yeah, we just, I guess, became friends over Instagram, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Uh, I would actually uh, call you one of sort of those first founding Oak cheerleaders, to be Aww. honest. Yeah. So you've always been on the radar. I think for us, um, everything's just aligned for this one. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we've been, just both been obviously flat out and the stars have aligned and here we are. They have. Now you are based in Geelong. Our issue nine front cover, Alira, is from Geelong. Uh, we have a couple of other Geelong um, features in the mag and recently spoke to Celeste and Sarah from Natural Supply Co. So I just feel like we're on a Geelong train at the moment. I know. I actually was reading um, issue nine in the bath a couple of nights ago and I was loving how many Geelong faces I saw. It was fabulous. And even um, Joe from Pink Nade is from Warnable and I'm from Warnable. It's just like a, I don't know, like a good country kind of, yeah, women in business. I think it's just fabulous. It is. Thank you. I absolutely love producing it and just love discovering all these women around. Like there are, I remember um, with issue one, I was told by, um, admittedly, it was a guy, so he sort of didn't know the niche and just said, oh, are you worried that you're going to run out of stories? And um, I'm like, oh, no, that's the least of my problems. <laughs> um, but, you know, and how small the world is, like there's always just those um, like three degrees of separation really between you and, and someone else, isn't there? For sure. And that's, I think that's the beauty of it too. There's always someone that knows someone and, you know, even when you're, you know, networking, trying to connect things or trying to go different avenues in your business, I think it's, it works really well. Yeah, it's definitely an advantage. So before we go off on all those different tangents, let's take it back a little. Can we get to the backstory? Like how did you come to launch Botanicals by Lux. 
Yeah, so I've been a skin therapist for 16 years now, which does make me feel quite old. (laughs) I promise I'm only 34. But I did, um, yeah, straight out of high school, like I was doing a traineeship and all of that kind of thing. And I knew that I always wanted to be doing skin and doing products and that kind of thing. But I guess I always just put the products kind of thing in the too hard basket. So I started up when we, I was working in salons and spas and things like that. And then we decided we had a really tough time getting pregnant and hanging on to our babies. We went through lots of fertility treatment and lots of miscarriages and things like that. And when we finally got pregnant with Ollie, who is now six and a half, my husband and I were like, it's time to do something for ourselves. And I really wanted to stay home, um, be a stay-at-home mum, but also working. I didn't want to lose that, you know, as well. So we decided to start up Lux on Chester, which was a home skin salon. It's been put on the back burner at the moment because, as you know, you can't do everything. But we did that for, oh, a good a good four or five years and it was booked out, you know, a couple of months in advance and was fabulous. And then when little Jack came along, he is four and I thought, right, it's time to give this product thing that's been niggling at the back of my brain for a long time, time to give it a crack. So I, you know, started to research manufacturers in Australia and all of that kind of thing and it was that hard. I just kept getting knocked back and knocked back and I got told countless times by manufacturers, no, you're just a mum with a hobby and that kind of thing. And I'm so glad that I am determined and passionate and just kept on trying because I finally found, yeah, our small batch manufacturer here in Australia and still work with them today. So Yeah, I guess I wanted to fill a little bit of a gap in the market of a skincare that is, you know, Australian, vegan, natural, but also results driven and also created by someone who has that background in skin as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I mean, to look, always to look from the outside in, it does look very easy and then it it just happens. Um, And it's, I think, because, you know, we've got the highlight reels everywhere and we have really good PR that tells us that story. But the fact that you got knocked back so many times and just that resilience to keep coming, you know, keep going, keep trying, um, because that was what I was going to ask, you know, how hard is it to create your own skincare line? Yeah, it's it's ridiculously hard. And yes, from the outside, it looks easy. It looks like I'm just playing around with some products and then I release a new <laughs> one and then I release a new one and that sells out. And, you know, it, I understand that from the outside, it does look easy, but it's really, really not. Um, so to find, yeah, that small batch manufacturer it took me, I reckon, close to a year to find someone who would take me seriously and, and yeah, give me a bit of a go, I suppose. And Yeah, then, you know, I have a cosmetic chemistry background with the beauty therapy diploma that I did. There was like units in there and that kind of thing. So I really, I know what needs to go in a product to make it work on the skin and function and all of that kind of stuff, but I don't know how to actually make it. And being, look, being from home, gosh, it'd end up with sultanas in it and cornflakes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, like I just would never attempt it. But So I now work with a cosmetic scientist and a cosmetic pharmacist and and that's yeah, it gets gets all manufactured with them, but we formulate it together. So And right here in Australia, Beck? Yes, yes, all here in Australia. So everything is done here. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to 
yeah, stay true to. Yes, I could have gone to China and probably got it a lot cheaper and a lot quicker and all of that kind of, like, you know, easier, but it was just one of the things I really wanted to stay true to. And with the botanical side of things, we like to use lots of Australian fruits and flowers and and ingredients. So I really, yeah, wanted to stick true to that. Mm. So how long does a product take to sort of create from from you going to them and saying, okay, I have an idea for a new face cream to it actually being able to be marketed to your audience? Some things can take a year. Some things can take, like if they're just sort of tweaking a product, it can take six months, probably at the least six months. It's lots of going back and forth with ingredients and then they send me out a batch of samples and I get those out to people to test it. So we don't test obviously on animals or anything. We test on humans and on, yeah, real skin. And that's, I think, the the benefit. We can see how it works on so many different skins before it actually goes to market. So it, yeah, it takes usually around six to eight months, I, I presume, around that. Wow. Wow. That's a massive lead time. Whereas me to create a magazine is a couple of weeks. <laughs> Should I mean, it, some of it takes longer, but for the me and the designer, it's just so last minute. Um, I couldn't imagine planning something out and waiting a year for it to arrive. I know it is frustrating. And especially when you get so close and then you're like, oh no, I think we just need to tweak that. And then it takes another couple of months. And it's, it's one of those things. And so I suppose off the back of what you've just said then, have there been products that you've put into um, production that just haven't hit the mark, like with with your audience, with your customers? Everything has hit the mark and very gratefully everything has sold out as soon as we launch it. But there is one that I'll talk about, which is our sunscreen, and it is super hard to get a a clean sunscreen, zinc-based, so reflecting the sun's rays rather than being a chemical sunscreen. We launched one in November, it would have been 2019, and it was fabulous. Everyone loved it, but I just wanted to make it a little bit more nourishing on the skin. So we sold out of that probably mid-2020, like I sort of didn't get any more made. And then I thought, I'm just going to tweak it and we are still tweaking it. Like it is taking so long. So that's been around 10 months of tweaking so far and that was already a product that was released. So, yeah, like that that was probably the only one that I, like I was probably 99% on it and I like to be 100% and that's why these things take time. So we're nearly at the final stages of that one now. It's out with the testers and they're all loving it. So it's nearly there, but, yeah, it takes a lot of time. It does. Now I'm just, believe it or not, I actually have your skincare in front of me. So oh, do you? I do, I do. So I have the face oil, I've got the pink mask and I have the hyaluronic serum. Yes. Um, just looking at that packaging it's beautiful. It's so simple and understated. I really like that. Uh, so it just looks nice in my bathroom. Do you want to tell me a little bit about how you went about the branding and, and packaging? Like, was that for you a big part of the process? Yeah, the big part, I guess, like with a lot of things was the logo. Um, but we, our graphic designer, she got it pretty quick. I wanted, you know, <clears throat> as you can see, the little bits of the fruits and flowers on the tree and that kind of thing to kind of reflect what it is and I really just wanted yeah that simple 
aesthetics just to yeah suit everyone's bathroom and and I did want as funny as it sounds I wanted an Instagrammable brand so that it looks good obviously in photos and that people will take photos of it and share it and so it can become recognized yeah how interesting it is that we now you just think about business owners 10 years ago they would not have thought about um when creating their branding how it would look on Instagram. I know, how ridiculous. It's crazy. But I was listening uh, to a podcast. Um, I'm fairly sure it was with Lady Brains. Absolutely love the Lady Brains Me too. podcast. Uh, and it was with the founder of Face Halo, it could have been. Oh, yes, uh, I listened to that one. Yeah, yes. yeah. But same thing. Um, she was also thinking about Instagram and how that product would look uh, when she was designing which colour to go with white or black. Yeah. like It's funny, it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. So other marketing tactics, um, what have you used to drive sales in your business? I mean, is it is it things like influencers, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising? What is it? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of all of that tied in together. So 88% of our business does come from Instagram. So that's why we focus heavily on that. So I think, you know, showing up, um, as we were talking about those that 1% kind of thing, uh, that's showing up on Instagram almost every day, just, you know, whether it be giving a bit of an update on stock, whether it be talking about a skin condition, whether it be talking about anything really and, you know, something local in Geelong or whatever. And I think that showing up on Instagram, educating, building that relationship, building that trust has really helped me. And also, with the Geelong community, it's a, a fabulous community, which we touched on earlier. It's honestly, you know, it, it is a cliche. that It's that collaboration over competition. Everyone really wants to cheer, like cheer on everyone's business. And it's just, it's just fabulous. So that's really helped us. And also with the Facebook ad, so I'm not tech savvy at all. I'm seriously not tech savvy one bit. But I watched a YouTube video, I reckon it was probably 18 months ago, and I set up these retargeting ads. So you'll be all over it because you're a tech person, but I'm not. And this was so new to me. Anyway, I set up these retargeting ads, $5 a day. Um, So that was retargeting anyone who had been on the website or on Instagram and popping an ad in their feed. And I had no idea how this stuff worked. I set it up and it went gangbusters and we still run those two ads today and still spend $5 a day and they've just gone crazy. I suppose the revenue that you make on those clicks as well, I mean, for $5 a day, I'm assuming that you make more than $5 a day in sales on those ads. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, um, it's been, yeah, just the return on those has been crazy. But, yeah, mainly Instagram. We've been really lucky with our ambassadors as well. There are some that we do pay, but there are most of them are just like it's like we have this team that just wants to share, you know, from the rooftops and especially when, you know, they find a product that works and find out it's a small business and a family business and that kind of thing. When people share, it's just amazing. Yeah, I do feel like um, people are becoming more supportive of regional, rural, small business owners as well. Um, And that you really do have to 
I mean, it's a community that can help you enormously. Um, you know, and I always say, if you can just share the product on your stories or do a shout out or or whatever it is, you just, it's not just a happy dance we do, is it, Beck? For sure. Like there's that, yeah, there's that meme when you buy from a small business, a real person does a happy dance. And it is seriously true. It's, you know, you walk into one of the big department stores and they don't care if you spend $200, but if we get, when we get $200 of orders, you're like, oh my God, yay. Like it's actually makes a difference in people's lives, small business. So it I does. think it's so yeah. important. It does a huge difference. Um, you were just talking about uh, having ambassadors and paid ambassadors. How, I just don't feel none of us talk about this and it's always a question I would love to know. Um, how do you figure out how much to pay them or like how does that work for you? It's one of those tricky things. Most of, you know, most influencers and things like that will have like management, like a team of management that they will send you their rates and things like that. We tend to work with the smaller influencers, I find, like more than micro-influencers, so around sort of ten to 30,000 followers. But I think the micro ones have a lot more trust in their community and it works so well. Yeah. Uh, just thinking to spell check the Instagram account. Oh, um, have yes. you, yeah. Yeah. Um, which has just been hilarious. I mean, she's closed her account now, but has been hilarious in, um, you know, you have these really big influencers that are raving about skincare products and all the packaging is still on or yeah, don't it's even ridiculous. use it. I know. And that's what I always say to anyone that I send a product to, which we don't do it very often, but when we do, we'll say, please use the product for at least a month. See what your skin, like see if your skin likes it. And if you, it does like it, then let's either work together or then, you know, you we'd love you to share. But there's no way that I would be like, oh, you know, let's just organise something before you've even tried it. I just think that authenticity needs to be there. And I think you can see through those, you know, those giant influencer posts, you know, that, oh, is she really using that? And then, yeah, as you see, the packaging's still on or the bottle's full or whatever. It's, um, yeah, it's funny. It is, it is. Um, I just wish we'd come up with another word for them. I, I know. Like influencers have been tainted now um, uh, because, as you said, there are genuine ones out there, especially those micro um, or around those ten to 30,000 ones. Um, yeah, so if, if someone's listening and they have a product, if you can establish that relationship first, I think that's really important um, to have, yeah, a relationship and then and then go from there. Can you look back on your business over the last well, we'll just take botanicals by luck, so just the product. So look back over the last, you turn three next week, so the last three years, can you see those moments which just changed the trajectory of your business, like, you know, those big boom moments? Yeah, I think the main one, so we launched just with our hyaluronic serum that you've got sitting in front of you. We had 200 units of that one. And I remember saying to mum, you are going to be getting serums for the rest of your life for your birthday and Christmas. Surely they're not going to sell. We didn't even have a website. So oh, we, really? I know, looking back, it's crazy, but we were just doing it through Instagram DM for like four months. And they sold out in 12 hours. So that was a real moment for me. And I was like, gosh, I think this is going to work. And I think that we can build on this and and grow this. And I just remember packing those orders and getting everyone's like the 
sending out my bank details so that they could transfer the money. It was ridiculous. And to think that was only three years ago, like, I don't know. I just, I think I was scared to put a website live. I don't know why looking back, but, you know, we all start somewhere. And yeah, it was just, that was a moment where I was like, okay, I feel that this is going to work. I'm going to really back myself. Not that I wasn't backing myself, but I don't know, as you've spoken about in previous episodes, it's that imposter syndrome. It is, you just feel like, oh, why would people buy my product? And why, you know, we're just a little family from home in Newtown. Like, why would people spend their money on on that and that kind of thing? So, yeah, there was definitely that doubt, but then that proved me wrong, I suppose. Oh, wow. So you have a website now. Yes. Um, you have remarketing set up, which is brilliant because I got served an ad as well um, when I've been uh, looking at your website, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. Well done. Um, and then I suppose, what have you built your website on? Like which platform did you go with? Um, Shopify. Yeah. It's so super simple, isn't it? So simple. And yeah, as I said, for a not tech person like me, it's been fabulous. I actually got it tweaked. So we set the website up and kind of just left it for, I guess, two and a half years. And just recently in February, I went to the girls at Meet the Mentors and they tweaked it for me and just, I guess, freshened it up. And yeah, I love it. So yeah, it's one of those things, being a, a small business owner, as you know, you wear so many different hats and so many, you know, you're doing the stock, you're doing the accounting side of things, you're doing the marketing, doing, then you're doing all the school pickup and there's just so many things. So it was just, yeah, left alone for quite a while, but it's, yeah, it's really good now. Yeah. You mentioned the word mentors just then. Um, do you have a business mentor? Have you used one in the past? No, I don't have a business mentor. I have yet. So the Meet the Mentor girls did my like website refresh. So I spoke to them, but I haven't, that was sort of for a few hours, but I haven't, yeah, had an actual mentor. I would like to, I think though, I think it would be really beneficial. And to people who are sort of starting up business, I'm often saying, I think it would be really helpful getting someone from the outside, not just your mom or not just your husband and things like that. Someone that actually has that, that business brain and yeah, to have a look over things and to help you bounce ideas off and that kind of thing. I think it'd be really beneficial. Mm, yeah, I, I definitely do too. I think um, we get to a stage where we need you just know you need one uh now this sometimes is just a slip of the tongue when we say oh you know we're looking forward to this and the team are doing that yes you've said we a lot uh what who is we do you have a team well I have a team of my husband and myself (laughs) (laughs) and yeah my husband he was working full-time up until July 2020 so middle of COVID middle of lockdown and everything and I just couldn't do the business on my own anymore and our accountant and you know we were looking at everything and she said he just needs to be working for the business and he was really wanting to as well he was wanting to you know not just be on the sideline anymore wanted to be a real part of it as well. So yes, it is NATO, my husband and I full time in the business. We also do have Bettina, who is a she was a mother's group friend who puts all of the labels on our products for us. And that is it. Ah, oh, but still, how nice of him to want to step into the business with you. Yeah, is- I mean, you know, Brilliant. 
you know what it's like with your husband. You're bouncing ideas off them all the time anyway and they are a part of it. Even if it's not official, they are a part of it. And I think, yeah, it's been fabulous having him and just being able to share the load and, and yeah, fully do it together. And our dream was to make it a family business, but obviously financially it was too hard at the start and wouldn't work at the start. But now, yeah, it can and, and it's wonderful. Oh, it's so exciting for you. Uh, now, COVID, what sort of impact did that have on your business? Because I know the skincare industry uh, really boomed um, over those lockdowns. I mean, a lot of us started to, uh, well, there's nothing much else to do, uh, to look <laughs> after our skin. You know, we weren't yeah. wearing as much makeup, which is always great to let it breathe. But um, yeah, really started looking at the skincare that we were putting on. So yeah, how was COVID for your business? Yeah, for the business, it was fabulous we are very grateful and I know how hard obviously it was for most people so we feel extremely fortunate but that's yeah NATO had to resign in the middle of COVID to to step in because we were that busy and I think you know there's a couple of things people yeah as you say were doing the self-care side of things we were at home people's maybe mental health was struggling so they're trying to look after themselves trying to do that self-care side of thing but there also was a lot of new skin conditions coming out as well so with wearing the masks and things like that people were getting what we dubbed as maskne so the acne around the mask area and you know dermatitis around the mouth from having a like a mask on all day also stress breakouts as well there was so many different things happening so it made us yeah really busy for that that side of things too so yeah for the business COVID was really great we did have a lot of issues with stock because some of the like our manufacturer couldn't get a lot of our 50 mil bottles because big companies were buying them to put hand sanitizer in so there was yeah a few things like that we had to use black containers instead of white for a few months because we couldn't get the white so there was a few things like that but they're just things that happen in businesses and we yeah I thought well there's no point being sold out for three months we might as well just use a black bottle it's exactly the same product inside and I just was really open with our customers and our clients and just said this is this is the way it is we're either out of stock for a few months because there's no stock available or we just have a black bottle and everyone was fine so yeah communication is key I think a hundred percent and I think that honesty and yeah that transparency I think it's yeah it's really important and I think that's why yeah people do trust trust us Mm, yeah. I mean, I would love to, um, I mean, it's not black lids, yours is a bit more important, but my labels on all the orders that went out, uh, we're the same. We do everything uh, in-house, all the kids, like I've got four, so they yes. all line up like a little production line. I love it. Um, and yeah, so our stickers are generally crooked or sometimes they're upside down or like, yes, it drives me insane, but at the same time, it gets things done. And yes. I love to involve them in the business because otherwise it's like office door shut and and we're not together whereas yeah. this way I don't know they feel like they they play a part in, yeah in we're the, the same like my boys will fold boxes for me and they'll put products on the shelf and I think that's actually it, it is good I often joke oh it's a bit of e-commerce work before school and stuff like that but it's <laughs> I think it's it is good it's good to see 
you know that it is the business and you have to do work and that kind of stuff and they and they love it too like I'm sure your kids do it's a bit of fun oh they do um the eldest is cottoned on he's uh nearly ready to uh go for a job so he's asking if he can put his experience on a resume I'm like mate you have a drink break every 10 minutes like (laughs) uh, this is gonna have to change so um yeah Oh dear, funny. <laughs> oh, they are, they are. Um, so obviously COVID was fantastic for your business, which is great. But um, I suppose what I love about you and your products, Beck, is that you have that industry experience um, along with the product that I know I did it to you. I sent you a DM and said, hey, Beck, this is what my skin is. Um, yeah. You know, do you just want to tell me what three products <laughs> I need? I'm so lazy. And you did. You just shot it back and um, got it uh, to a T as well. So they're absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Now, business is all-consuming. I mean, um, are you the same? Do you think about it sort of 24-7? Yeah, for sure. And, look, being from home, it's fabulous. And people often say to me, oh, gosh, you're going to need a warehouse soon. And, yes, we will. We are definitely outgrowing our space. But I I do want to keep it at home for as long as possible. Just the flexibility is amazing. But it definitely is all-consuming. You know, I'll pack some orders before breakfast in my dressing gown. Then, you know, we'll do the school drop-off. Then we'll pack some more orders. And then we'll pack. I'll pack some at, you know, 9 o'clock at night before I go to bed just to catch up from those few hours. So it definitely, yeah, I've been working on getting a bit of a balance and putting boundaries in place and you know what it's like you get dms uh at 10 o'clock at night and I like to reply straight away but I've been trying not to because I mean you're still a business yes you're very approachable and communication's good and customer service is good but I mean no big business is going to reply at 10 o'clock at night so I think, yeah, putting those boundaries in place is something that I have been working on and still working on, but it's, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think it's, yeah, there's pros and cons, especially from being at home, but I do think that the pros outweigh the cons for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, I went and um, got an office a couple of years ago. Same thing. I just wanted to get out of home and thought that that would be also, I would look more professional doing that as well. Yes, yeah. Um, but honestly, it was actually so hard because you're right. You, when you're at home, work and personal life sort of do melt into each other. You know, sure. you might be cooking tea and then you can. You can jump in for an hour and do some work, you know, sit back out, watch a TV show with the husband and then come back in before bed. Whereas I found I couldn't do that with the office. I couldn't go back into the office and work late and I actually didn't enjoy it in that hour. Um, and, you know, when the kids are sick. You can be at home and work, whereas, you know, I'd be dragging them into the office, taking all the food, you know, putting shows on. And um, sometimes yeah. I feel like, do you think that it's that whole, you know, if we have a warehouse or if we have an office, we're seen as bigger and better and more professional? Possibly, yeah. I think, you know, it does sound really good, but I think... Yeah, I just know for us, I just want to keep it here for as long as we can. I mean, there's nothing that's going to change. You know, I can go and have meetings at a cafe or, you know, people can come here. Like, yes, it's an old house, but, I mean, it's it's fine. So I think, yeah, it does sound more professional, but, yeah, as you say, I'd be dragging Jack, the four-year-old, goes to kinder twice a week, but I would be, you know, dragging him there on the other days, whereas now he can, you know, play his Lego right next to me and I don't know. I think for us at the moment at home it is the best for us. 
It works. It works. Uh, now, I've obviously done a little bit of stalking before our podcast interview. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I came across uh, a podcast and some articles where you spoke a little bit more about the personal side. Uh, so not so much the business, uh, but, you know, your relationship with anxiety and, and where that's come from. Um, also, you know, making self-care a priority, so how people can do that at home. Um, so I thought we might unpack that as well. I feel like our audience, well, don't feel like, I know our audience are women and I feel that they would get great value from what you have to share, Beck. Uh, so could you sort of take us through that, that relationship with anxiety, where that's come from and how that impacts your life? Yeah, so before having the kids, so the my oldest Ollie, as I said, is six and a half. Before having the kids, I never had anxiety, nothing at all, like nothing. <laughs> Looking back now, I was like, wow, that was really cruisy, wasn't it? And when we brought Ollie home from the hospital, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I said to NATO, I think I'm having a heart attack. We need to go back to the hospital. And I thought, you know, gosh, I must have just lost too much blood or something like something's going on. And anyway, so we went back into the hospital. Ollie was like two days old. And they said they put like all the heart monitors, the ECG on and all that kind of thing. And they said, you're having a panic, like an anxiety panic attack. And I was like, oh, my God, I had never had anything like it before. I literally thought that I was dying because my heart, it just, I like I couldn't, yeah, it was crazy. And, and that was just fear, basically. My anxiety is around health. So we did go through lots of really quite traumatic miscarriages. We had twins fall out on the floor. We had, it was really, really, really hard and I'm fine about it now but it is still that fear of losing my children so I guess just having you know bringing Ollie home and I just thought that it wasn't gonna like I don't know I I thought that he was going to be gone so that's what the fear is and it is still there you know during the middle like so I'm not medicated or anything like that I can look after it but it does peak definitely so in the middle of COVID, I was in the bath and I must have been on Facebook looking at a million articles and the numbers of COVID and all that kind of stuff like we were all doing. And all of a sudden I just had this panic attack. So I just yelled out to NATO. He had to pull me out of the bath and I like could felt like I couldn't breathe. It was awful. And it was just that fear that we're all going to die. So Looking back now, it sounds silly, but that's what was, yeah, mine is about fear and about health. And it has been, yeah, it's been pretty hard. So I do see a psychologist to chat about things and to just learn coping mechanisms and, and that kind of stuff. I do meditation every night. I do a little bit of journaling as well. So if I'm feeling like I'm starting to go downhill a little bit, I'll just write down what I'm feeling. And I think sometimes when you put it on paper, you can see it's okay. I don't know. Sometimes when you get it out of your head and onto, onto paper, it it helps. So yeah, I definitely do still struggle with it, but I am yeah learning to cope with it a lot better. 
Yeah, my gosh. Um, it's not silly at all, Beck. any of those feelings, I don't think. Oh, I know, but you sort of, yeah, you, when you haven't had that before, you're sort of like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah. And yeah. Like I remember, yeah, during that panic attack sort of stage in COVID, I actually was ringing Beyond Blue, not because I was depressed or anything. I've never had depression, but I was just so full of fear and it was really debilitating. So they actually had a coronavirus um, anxiety chat line so obviously there was lots of people struggling and they were fantastic so I think that's something that I would like to share is you don't need to be you know at your lowest of low to call those kind of places they can just really help you through those times where you're feeling not quite right and you just need to have a chat to someone who knows what they're talking about and who can help you with those coping strategies. Yeah. And I just feel it's so important to talk to professionals as well. Um, you know, I just feel that well, probably over the last maybe five years, I've realized how many friends and and new friends that you find and you get talking, how many actually see someone, a professional, and talk about what's happening in their lives. And, um, and I'm grateful for that because then, you know, there's professional advice, they can give you tools and tactics and and things to help you through those periods. And as you said, by no means is it a sign of weakness or, uh, um, you know, there's strength in battling on and getting through things. Uh, it's so important to get it off our chest, to get it Yes, so important. Out. I think, yeah, talking to a professional too. It's not, you know, when I first booked in, which, yeah, was the middle of last year, I was so nervous and I thought, gosh, what a failure. I can't even, you know, I'm just worried about this thing that's, not you know I don't know when you're in your rational brain you can you know that everything's going to be fine but when you're in that anxiety brain it is just wild so I definitely I did I felt like a failure and it was the same feeling that when we couldn't get pregnant and couldn't hold on to those babies I felt like a failure so it's just it's so silly and I know that I'm not a failure but yeah those feelings are they are valid and it is something that that can come up and I know that a lot of people feel the same so I think yeah talking and if you can't see a psychologist then yeah talking bouncing ideas off other people talking to those chat lines I think it's just important to talk yeah those chat lines are there for a reason yeah um, those people are brilliant at what they do you talk about self-care um, and making that a priority. So you obviously meditation and journaling. Uh, you know, is there any other tips for people to implement self-care into their daily routine? Yeah, so I think it just needs to be little things. And I know we all get that mum guilt when we go and do things for ourselves and that kind of stuff. But I think it's important, even if you can just go out to your backyard, on the grass, in bare feet and do a bit of grounding and that kind of thing, you know, five minutes. It's not like you're leaving or anything. It's just to just to make yourself a bit calm, you know, going for a walk around the block, putting your headphones on, just simple things. It doesn't need to be a yeah, a girls weekend away every month or anything like that, as lovely as that may be. But I think it's just little things that we can add in, you know, downloading the Smiling Mind app, which is the one I use for meditation. And just just doing those little bits and pieces, ducking off for a bath when you can, putting some essential oils in the bottom of the shower just to make yourself feel nice. And I think it's just about taking those little bits of time when you can. Yep, definitely. I know that um I picked up the magazine last Thursday 
Again, it was a five-hour round trip with my nan who's in who's 83. If anyone has a, a nan in their 80s, they know their stories are told three times over. Yeah. When you're in a closed environment, it's <laughs> there's no way to escape. Um, you know, and got home and obviously just had a ton of orders to um, fill. But uh, I ended up taking the daughter to soccer training and taking my shoes off and just putting my feet on the grass. And I cannot tell you, just that feeling of grounding and, I think I might have done a little moan, like a little, oh, God, yeah. you know, like I know. just finding moments, um, put the phone away and just, I mean, obviously I was, I don't know if I was watching her per se, but <laughs> just sitting there and, and enjoying that last bit of autumn um, afternoon sun and, yeah, just my feet on the ground. I know, it is so, so nice. Good. Do you know the first time I actually did grounding, I was thought someone told me to do it and I was like, oh, this sounds a bit I know. <laughs> Anyway, so I went and did it and I stood on a bloody bee and got bitten by a bee. <laughs> so it wasn't the best start to my grounding experience, but it is. It does feel a bit weird, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really good tool to be able to do anywhere. Mm, it doesn't come with a warning label really, does no, it? No, it doesn't. You know, beware of bees, make sure there's nothing in there. No, I mean, it's, yeah. Like that, but, yeah, I think it is good. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that, Beck. Um, yeah, I just, I know that people are going to listen and it only takes one person, doesn't it, to hear that, someone that needed to hear it and, and make a change. So Absolutely, yeah. Lovely. Now, switching gears completely, um, if you could have one business wish granted, if I was a business genie, um, what would it be right now? Well, I am actually, you know, going with those boundaries and things like that. I'm trying to automize things a little bit more. So I would love, please, Business Genie, a skin quiz on our website. I'm trying to set oh. one up and it is really, really hard. So yeah. Do that, that but that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, a skin quiz, and I, I will like, I'm looking, it's it will get done, but it's just one of those things that sits in the open tab and doesn't get touched for a few days, and then yeah. So it's going to be, you know, people plug in their skin type, their concerns, and that kind of thing, and then it will pop up with what products that I would recommend for them. So I think it will just be a really good tool. Yeah, that would be amazing tool. Absolutely yeah. amazing. That would save all those people like Kimberly who DM you. Oh my gosh. No, I love that. That's absolutely fine. But I think it's just, you know, when people are like, I have dry skin, what do I need? Yeah. If they don't have yeah. an actual full concern or anything, I think it will really help. Yeah. And um, something that I haven't shared, I um, study beauty therapy as well. So, um, Did you? <laughs> I have, yeah, I've worked in a, um, a Melbourne day spa, which was amazing. So I was being very lazy back. I <laughs> could have <laughs> picked out my products myself, but I'm like, no, Beck's the expert. She'll yeah. tell me what I need. That's yeah. You know, and that's what I'm here for too. Two more questions and then I'll let you go um, to pack all the hundreds of orders I know you have oh that you gosh. share on the yes. gram. <laughs> I know. But I know that there'd be some beauty therapists that maybe are finishing beauty therapy school or what have you. Um, like, do you have some advice for them? I just feel that personally, I think that working in another business, working in a salon is so imperative um, in all different industries before you go out on your own. Like, would you agree, Beck? Absolutely. So when I first started, there wasn't any traineeships or anything like that. So I contacted 
couple of day spas that I wanted to work at and asked if they would create a traineeship for me and I was lucky enough they did. I think that work working on the job while you're learning is so amazing. You learn things that they can't teach you at at school, things, you know, like time management, people skills, building relationships, speaking to people. It's it's so important and just getting that experience is is fabulous. So even if you're nearly finished your training, I would highly recommend just going around to salons rather than just sending an email, go in so they can see your face and see how you talk and, and you know, know that you are keen and that kind of thing. I think that is so important. And just ask them if you can, you know, work there on a Thursday night, even if you do it for free for a couple of hours just to get that experience I think is so important and and just go for it sell yourself because you're obviously in the industry for a reason so you can offer value to that business I think it's important to yeah to go in and just yeah take that little leap and and give it a go. Mm. One thing I took out from the beauty industry working in the day spa was um, procedure manuals. You know, we're all doing the same process, yes. which is something that, you know, you can apply to any job then. Um, it's like, no, this is the process. These are the ingredients per se yep. that we need. And then this is, I suppose, how we mix them. And this is, what is it? I can't even remember a recipe. See, I don't spend a yeah, lot like of time the method, in the kitchen. Like, the yeah. method. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, my husband is in the kitchen more than me. Uh, so yeah, we've obviously got our ingredients and this is our method. And I just think that can be applied to any business. It's that whole consistency that, um, is sometimes what comes through as successful. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, working on job while you're learning is just that experience that you cannot learn. No, definitely not. So finally, can you tell me about a friend you have that we all need to know about. Oh, my goodness. So you need to know about Jane. She is our accountant and she is not a boring accountant. She is amazing. Her name is Jane. She works at Bromley Phillips, which is her own firm here in Geelong, and she specialises in small business. So I don't know a lot about money or structures of a business and that kind of thing. And, look, when we first started, it was a hobby, so I didn't have to worry too much about it. But obviously things have grown. So I said to Jane, who was actually a client of mine, I said, Jane, I need to become a client of yours and I need some help. And she has been an accountant for like something like 20 years or something, like a long time. And she just knows her stuff inside out. She makes you feel so comfortable in what you're doing and she is just fabulous. She so yeah, specialises in small business and and basically kind of holds your hand through the money stuff because it can be scary. So and not knowing, you know, you need to put things in the right places. So she's, yeah, she's fabulous. So she is my friend who you all need to know about. Oh, my gosh. I want to – Jane can be my friend too then. Yeah, she's I, amazing. <laughs> she, honestly, I, I tell everyone about Jane. She is fabulous. Uh, accountants, it's um oh, it's such an imperative part of owning a business, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the one thing you've got to get right from the start. So. And having a good one who can, yeah, be on your team. I think it's important to build a team around you in business and, yeah, have people that you, you know, I guess employ to to work on your side. So yeah, she's great. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Beck, for being a guest on the podcast. I also want to thank the dog next door for um, 
doing such a fantastic job of, of having its voice heard. So if you can hear the dog in the background, my apologies, nothing I can do about it. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much, Beck. And I really do hope to get to Geelong very soon. I mean, we should just organise a date so I can come and um, and We explore. totally should. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love that. Good, good. I need a, a little day. I need a weekend away, actually. So that sounds perfect. Why not? Yes. So thank you, Beck, And um, yeah, all the best with your business. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.